0: You are listening to Insights, produced by the UNSW Law Society, a podcast dedicated to bringing you an insight into law school, the legal profession, and legal issues. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, and to pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. <laughs>
1: This episode is sponsored by Herbert Smith Freehills, a leading global law firm with 25 offices around the world and a vision to be a community of exceptional people committed to perform outstandingly in different roles. The firm has achieved band one chambers recognition in various practice, including international arbitration and corporate M&A. It was also ranked top 10 M&A legal advisor around the world in 2021. HSF also has a wide range of initiatives, spanning pro bono legal services, community partnerships, sustainable business practices, and business and human rights. Um, And on top of that, the firm's vacation clerkship program applications are currently open to students who are in their penultimate and final year of their law degrees. They close on the 9th of July. This is a great opportunity for students to spend part of this summer with HSF and gain a greater understanding
0: of the legal practices. For this episode, we have invited Rachel, a graduate recruitment consultant, and Ganesh, a graduate solicitor from the real estate group. We'll be discussing more about HSF, the clerkship process, and experience from Rachel and Ganesh, as well as some tips and advice for those applying for clerkship right now. A huge welcome and thank you to Rachel and Ganesh for joining us today. Oh, yay. So in our episodes, we always like to begin with asking our our guests some introductory and icebreaker questions to get them thinking. So the first question is, do you prefer milk before cereal or cereal before milk? Oh, I have strong feelings about
2: this. I don't know about you. What are your feelings?
3: I say milk before cereal. Yes. And um, cereal (laughs) actually in a separate bowl. And so you'll always have crunchy cereal. You just scoop the cereal into the milk. And then you eat it. Just so like. you have two bowls when eating. <laughs> I
1: mean, you're washing two <laughs> bowls? <laughs> okay. I, I've okay. got a dishwasher.
2: <laughs> <outside>. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm going to say depends. A very low answer. Mm-hmm. So if you're having something like wheat bakes, milk before cereal. Mm-hmm. But anything else, it has to be cereal first. Because then you can actually quantify how much cereal no. you're putting. And the milk Ooh. fills in all the gaps, right? That's Otherwise, true. you've got milk But cereal. But would no, wouldn't
0: it be floating. And that's the whole point. Because then you can. You
2: know? But then you've just got like a lay of milk and then like cereal sitting in a it's it always called. crunchy. Yeah.
3: And it'll be always crunchy. So, back when, it, not at HSF, but a different workplace where I used to have breakfast at work. And I always go to the kitchen, get a bowl of milk, and my right. cereal will be at my desk. So I'd like walk back to my desk <laughs> with a bowl of milk. And I remember a colleague come up to me and she's like, What are you, a cat? <laughs> <laughs> so. That's
0: yeah, funny. I see. I see. Yeah. Next question. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh Um, Second question. Would you rather go back to age 10 with everything you know now or know now everything that your future self will learn?
2: I'm going to go with know now what everything my future self will learn Mm. solely because while I would love to go back and fix all the many mistakes (laughs) i made in the past Mm -hmm. that would also tell me doing the HSE again, doing exams (gasps) at university again and while I will have all the knowledge I have now, I barely remember anything from maths like trigonometry or anything of that sort, Mm -hmm. so the concept of relearning all of that and doing the HSEs and going back to university Mm -hmm. I think I'd rather know what their future holds instead.
0: Yeah. Yes. I don't know about you, Chelsea and Ganesh. I sometimes still have nightmares about the HSC. <laughs> like, in it my dream, i like, oh, no, I don't remember anything from my English essay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what about you, Rachel?
3: I, I think I'm the opposite. I would go back in time with the knowledge oh. I know now, and I just controversially, given my current sort of industry of employment, but I would disregard schooling oh, and mm. just... Get into Bitcoin like really early. Yeah. Bitcoin <laughs> gonna, is the way to go. <laughs> or invest
0: in toilet papers when COVID was yeah. at its peak. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Apple stock. yeah, all yeah.
3: Oh, Apple, yeah. Bitcoin, Airbnb. That is a good brand. Yes. Right? That, yeah. so yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> that
1: is so true. You set for life. Yeah. That is <laughs> so true. You don't even need to worry about school at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that because so I would
3: know every, I would have already been through schooling because I retain my exactly. memories. Exactly. Oh. Right. And I get youth. I gain <laughs> extra years. Oh, that's true.
0: Yeah. I gain more experiences Ooh. outside of just schooling. Yeah. Lucky hacking the system. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, thanks guys. Yeah. Just one more. So last. we're done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just
1: wanted to know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, last icebreaker is just to get you, sorry, just to get to know you both on a more personal level, can you tell us a bit more about your interests or hobbies, anything you do on the weekend? Um,
3: well, on the weekend, um, yeah. I, went, I recently came back from a trip. Um. Um, so I do enjoy travelling um, and I enjoy solo travelling a lot uh, and eating and binge-watching Netflix. Oh, okay. Yes. Let's see. Um,
2: I'd say all of the above <laughs> to <laughs> the set. Um but also I do really like playing tennis. Um, used to play ah, nice. um, in university, lost touch a little bit when I started working, got back into it towards the end of last year.
0: Did yeah. you go Australian Open this summer? No,
2: I've actually never been to the Australian okay. Open. It's always been on my bucket list. Oh. Um, at some point I should make it down to Melbourne for the Australian yes. Open. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Next year. Next year's You'll tip that off. <laughs> All right, let's move on to more of the serious questions that we would like to call it. Um, let's talk about HSF. So aside from our brief introduction, can you tell us a bit more about HSF or things that we might have not mentioned in it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, so um, as you mentioned before, we're a global commercial law firm. So we've got you know on our backs 170 years of heritage, um, and we account for like 2,600 lawyers, thereabouts, internationally. Um, we, when we, when we say full service, we essentially advise commercial clients in all aspects of their business. So, I guess in practical terms, how we organise ourselves internally, um, we advise on like sort of corporate legal advice, finance, dispute resolution, um, employment law, real estate, um, what projects, energy and infrastructure, competition and regulation and trade. So really all aspects that could affect a commercial business we advise on. Um, Ganesh, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, Yeah,
2: I'd also add that um, HSF also does a lot of pro bono work as well. Um, There's been a lot of opportunities to get involved, even at a very junior level as well, from as a clerk to a grad. Um, Some of our major initiatives include helping out with the refugee advice and casework service. So there's been a lot of great focus on that as well.
0: Right, perfect. I guess just to add on, just out of my own curiosity, I think right now they have, especially after COVID, there's a lot of startups and you know a lot of um, kind of legal kind of centers focused on human rights and just ESG problems. Um, has kind of HSF really tackled that kind of problem and with especially with pro bono um, legal aids? Yeah.
2: Um, there's definitely been a lot of changes now with the asylum seeker processes. And we've started up new clinics when, the issues were first happening in Afghanistan. Um, Pages have helped out with emergency legal services with helping get um, humanitarian visas, offshore humanitarian visas, for a lot of asylum seekers trying to flee Afghanistan. So there has been that sort of receptiveness to changing events. And now that that process is mostly completed, um, I believe they're now moving on to helping um asylum seekers have made it to Australia to help sponsor family members still overseas, including in places like Afghanistan. So even in terms of the pro bono aspect, there is a lot of responsiveness to changing um, circumstances um, around the world and in our own local area.
0: Well, oh, thank you. That was very insightful. It's very interesting to know that HSF really brings back to the community, especially as a global firm as well. So thank you for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, all right. Um, I guess this is a question more targeted towards Ganesh. Um, You're currently working as a graduate solicitor in the real estate group. Can you tell us a bit more about your role? So what is, like, your typical day like in the morning?
2: Um, I think to sound a little bit too... (laughs) (laughs) Um, to not be too much of a stereotype there is Mm. no typical day um, Mm. especially as real estate is a very transactional practice what my role involves from a day-to-day basis can change quite sharply based Mm. on the nature of the matters um, that we're working on and what stage those matters have progressed to in terms of what my general roles include um, in real estate we deal with a lot of commercial leases um, options to purchase land so, it involves a lot of contracts and negotiating contracts. So, as a graduate, you'd often be reviewing those contracts, looking for issues, um, things that we should be pushing um, with the other side to amend, um, proposing amendments. There's a lot of opportunities to assist with drafting those documents as well. And I think mm-hmm. what's great about the real estate team, at least here, is they do give you a lot of opportunities to have a first go at making those drafts, um, having first go at suggesting um, amendments to contracts. So, there is a lot of ownership and initiative you can have from a very junior stage. And then once it's reviewed by a senior associate or partner you then get to see this is what a person with more experience would have done and as you grow as a solicitor so you can sort of develop more and more towards what they would have done in the first instance
1: right okay no that sounds really good um no two days are the same no two yeah, days <laughs> are the same yeah, yeah. um i guess uh, like bouncing off that do you guys have mentoring programs or like to actual senior solicitors sorry solicitors um
0: help you guys with
2: Work your or review. program,
0: yeah. and, you know, ex- clerkship as well, maybe, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I can take that on the graduate front. Um, When you're a graduate in each of your rotations, you're assigned both a buddy and a coach, and your buddy's role uh-huh. is your day-to-day contact, or if any time you have questions that you don't want to ask someone too senior or you're unsure of what you're doing, you can always turn to your buddy. Um, you also have a very formal coach who tends to be a senior associate or an executive counsel who gives you professional growth, um, coaching terms you your professional growth and development. They're usually someone who assigns you work and you generally get a chance to have a talk to them about what you hope to achieve throughout your rotation in that six months. And they can help tailor the work you receive to that sort of your goals. And you have check-ins throughout your rotation as to whether you're meeting those goals or whether you want different kinds of work or the variety of work you get. So there is a lot of opportunity to sort of tailor your experience through your relationships with your coach and your buddy
3: yeah oh, no. and probably like in a bridge uh, version of that is also afforded to clocks during the clock program um, you're also assigned a buddy and a coach and a supervising partner and so you get I guess the clock program is really great taster of what the grad rotation program mm-hmm. would be like
0: yeah yeah it's very interesting and Aside from, you know, just the more the professional side and the work that you do, what is that one thing that you both of you really enjoyed at AHSF so far?
3: Yeah, I think um, I really enjoy coming to work and like being able to work with a great mix of people. Um, I think, you know, the, a lot of employers talk about like diversity yeah. and, um, you know, diversity and inclusion just in general, but I really get a sense of that here um, at HSF and for being like a top tier law firm with lots of years under their belt. Like, it's really great to see that the people that work here are reflective of the communities that we serve. So, um, and that a lot of emphasis is put on from recruitment that we want a great mix of people, but then also seeing them through as clerks, grads, essays, and then to partner. I think it's, it's really special. Um, also, the aspect of us being an international firm, you really do feel it here in that, you know, you get, and Ganesh would know this as well, to be working sort of on cross border work, um, um, you know, working with international clients. I know even in HR and the grad recruitment space, we work with our colleagues in London and in Asia um, from time to time. So, yeah, it's, it's, sometimes feels like the opportunities are endless in that it's really much very much a culture of if you have an idea or you want to you you have your own take on doing things sort of that is supported um and definitely in the business services space so yeah enjoyable
0: yeah, yeah no. Yeah. listening to this right now really makes me want to work here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah.
1: oh I just had a question so you guys said that you worked international internationally um how are your experiences do you guys have to work in different time zones like sat through teams or yeah. zoom how was that experience
3: the whole hour is just you go I go Um, so I get maybe a bit less relevant for like law students but I guess in the grad sort of recruitment space and HR space um, we have like quarterly like HR global HR calls where we get to hear from like different offices and what they're doing and um, yeah how their solicitors are going Um, we we work with our Asia offices across like Tokyo, Hong Kong, Singapore um, for like new Colombo plan scholars. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we, yeah, we help sometimes with the recruitment process on that. Or maybe, um, sorry, in the previous year, we hosted a Hong Kong vacation clerk who did like four weeks in the Sydney office and then they did the rest of the summer in Hong Kong. So it's coordinating oh. with like the consultants there. So, yeah, it's been really fun. Um, and yeah, we have um, this really great Japan Australia corridor, whereas it's, it's an alliance of like solicitors and partners that help work with uh, Japanese clients. But usually it's when they have like deals happening in Australia or around the world. So um, yeah, that's been really exciting as well. And the team in, in the Tokyo office are awesome. So <laughs> yeah, it's
0: great. Oh, what about you guys? Gonna...
2: Um, so I haven't had too much matter-related work across um, international borders. It's been mostly state-based borders. Um, But I have um, had other grads in my cohort and in other cohorts who have worked across um, international borders. And there is the notion of being able to work across time zones. In my experience with working across um, jurisdictions, you do get to meet a lot of interesting people in that sense, um, and you get to do different matters. So I've done quite a bit of Queensland-based real estate work and Melbourne, um, Victoria-based real estate work as well, despite being in New South Wales. And you get to see the very different nature of um, how real estate transactions might work across states. While there is a lot of similarities, given real estate is a very state-based jurisdiction, there is still very much differences across jurisdictions as well.
3: And I think you're a question around time zones. So, um, quite often we, well, us and our team, will have calls with the London office because that's where the other head office is, it's Sydney and oh. London. Um, so we very much try to make sure that it falls into like a reasonable time. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like in their morning and our evening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But sometimes time zones can prove a bit challenging. Was there a time? <laughs> um,
0: you will you have to work really. You know, call them at a really late time. So just for a suitable time for people in London as well. Yeah, when the time zones don't line
3: up <laughs> well, um, you might have like a, a later call, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But
2: I think even in state-based calls, they kind of make that accommodation. Yeah. So when yeah. we had um, training for real estate, we had people from all the um, offices joining in. So I think they scheduled ours around like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, so that'd be nine o'clock in Perth. So they wouldn't have to log in at say 6 a.m. for our nine o'clock call. Yeah. So there is that Aww. sort of accommodation made.
3: yeah
0: Yeah.
1: i guess in terms of our vacation clerkship program for both of you do you guys have any advice for those looking to apply people that are in their penultimate
0: um years how do they set themselves up for um success during the clerkship and graduate program
3: okay so i guess specifically to their experience in the program i always say to come really with the right attitude Mm -hmm. um sometimes students they they go through so much through the application process, which is super rigorous. You know, they've just finished their, like, second semester of the year or third semester, uh, trimester of Trimesters. the year. <laughs> and, um, you know, they maybe feel a bit burnt out by the time that they start the clerkship. But I think mm-hmm. it's really, it's a great opportunity for you to get a sense of what a future career would look like at the firm Mm -hmm. it's really one big learning opportunity so come with the right attitude that you're ready to learn that you're you know always volunteering to help out when you have extra capacity um you know go along to all the client meetings sit in on calls join all the team meetings because like any and every opportunity that you can learn it's just Mm going to make you you know um it's, it's going to set you up for success, yeah success. better experience <laughs> yeah, as a grad exactly. when you come back yeah. um, so definitely come with the right attitude um, get involved with firm life mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's such a special time in that those 10 weeks it's around about it's like the festive season people mm-hmm. are like really happy and they're even more happy to see Clark's running around mm-hmm. um, so it's like just have fun as well yeah. get involved with different committees the dni committees pro bono work like
2: mm. it's just
3: really such a special time um and well i'll, I'll let yeah i sure share I'm because see. he actually went <laughs> through that the that process question. um yeah um i guess yeah advice
2: yeah no students. um it's interesting because i've now been on both sides of being a clerk and now being a grad buddy to a clerk as all well, and it is quite interesting to see the differences of what that experience is like i think the biggest thing i'd say is very similar to what rachel said just come here have a be really willing to try new things before the clerks start, teams make a really conscious effort to try and have interesting work or work mm-hmm. that they can give to clerks. There's no expectation that you know what you're doing or, like, you're going to be a proficient at everything you touch, right? Um, I think the very expectation is that you're willing to try different stuff, you're willing to put your hand forward, um, hand up to try different things. So I think that's probably the best attitude to have. Also, just to get to know people around the firm um, and build those sort of connections and get to have a feel of, like, whether you want or like get a sense of where you want your career to go, um, what different areas, like there are very different areas in a commercial law firm that you can go into. So talking to different people, meeting different people is a great way as a clerk to sort of help decide what sort of career you want in the future. Cause clerkship is really at the very start or like the beginning of your career, right? There's a lot of different opportunities or pathways you can take. And I think it gives you a good opportunity to try and feel that out at a very early stage.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Networking is very important, (laughs) and I'm assuming especially for law as well. Well, um, I know in our icebreaker you said you wouldn't go back in time, (laughs) but if you could go back in time to when you are applying for clerkships, is there something um, or any tips you would tell your past self, especially um, during that kind of stressful period?
2: Yeah, I think something that I've noticed a lot of people do is try and talk to a lot of partners and senior associates and networking events. And my biggest tip is to talk to some of the junior lawyers because a lot of people don't go up and talk to junior lawyers, whereas from junior lawyers, you get a good sense of what the firm is like. Most of the people you'll be interacting with as a clerk Mm. or as a grad will be those junior lawyers and those junior lawyers will be most likely your buddies or your future coaches. So talking to them will give you a better sense of what a firm culture is like, the kind of people who join that sort of firm and it'll give you a sense of, or an idea of, do I fit in with that sort of culture, mm. that sort of environment and I think that gave me a better sense of I want to join HSF than talking to any other partner did. Um, so yeah, my biggest tip is talk to as many junior lawyers or um, other young people at the firm and get a sense of the firm culture because while on paper a lot of firms sound really similar, yeah. the at the end of the day it's the people you're going to work with mm. that'll influence your um, view or perception of your experience at a firm.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, don't be surprised if you keep getting a lot of messages <laughs> from me I'm get a a, for clock, like, hey, are you free for a coffee? <laughs> a LinkedIn Look, request. We never no to coffee here, so always yeah, down for coffee. I love a coffee. No, definitely. Mm, yeah.
1: All right. I think in terms of the application process, um, we noticed that online application requires both a cover letter and a CV. Mm-hmm. So do you guys have any tips in writing those? Or what yeah. the recruitment team specifically yeah. we likes. we do notice,
0: you know, with a lot of law firms, different law firms prefer a different style of writing or yeah. what they're looking at, um, look up, like you know, looking for as well. Yeah. Sure.
3: I think if you just think that a cover letter is essentially your way of convincing the reader to piquing their interest in your application Mm. and inviting you in for an interview. I mean, obviously your whole written application is doing that, but the cover letter is a great way to showcase some of your personality, what your interests are in. Um, I think probably top tips I like to share is it should at least cover three main points, which is why are you interested specifically in commercial law? Um, What is it specific to the firm that is motivating you to apply? And then thirdly, what are the key attributes that you can bring across pulling from your previous work or non-work experience um, or just special interests and hobbies? Um, I think also PDF your cover letter because (laughs) all the different firms use, yeah, different um, recruitment platforms and it might not come through, it might come through as like symbols on the other end Mm -hmm. if it's a Word doc. So to avoid it from being corrupted, like just PDF everything. Um, for us keep it to one page like yes you can be a bit funky with your margins but (laughs) ideally keep it to one page the recruiter is reading hundreds of applications so you want to be succinct punchy we're not looking for you know academic style writing it's got to be reflective of you obviously professional but don't feel the need to write in a style that's not reflective of how you like to write or how you like to speak um Address it to the right firm. We have <laughs> we have a small percentage um, each year of like cover letters being addressed to the wrong firm. And that could be either, you know, a student may be using a generic cover Definitely. letter yeah. and they've like tried to swap out the names of the firms and the recruiters. Yeah. Or they might be pressed for time and they accidentally upload the wrong cover letter. So just make sure that you're attaching the right cover letter and it's addressed to the right um, firm, Because, you know, if we see something that's not even direct, like, written to us or addressed to HSF, it's it's like a mark against you yeah. if you're, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, in saying that, um, can you guys tell when, you know, it's a very generic um, cover letter? Like, it's actually not specific for HSF? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Straight away. Straight away. <laughs> yeah. Like,
3: it's, it's usually because the cover letter, it, it just they're just purely talking about themselves. They haven't made any references to the Uh, firm, mm. um, to like the type of work specific that resonates with them. um, And it doesn't show sort of like that they've done any research, Mm -hmm. background research. Um, And it's, yeah, it's very obvious when, (laughs) when they're clearly very motivated to apply for us Mm -hmm. because the reasons are specific and you can tell like, oh, they've spoken to people or Mm
2: -hmm. they've done research
3: on cases that we've done or it links like, well with their own aspirations so yeah it's pretty obvious yeah
0: yeah um well in saying that you know in law school and i'm sure ganesh realizes that too you notice a lot of students around us are paralegals so um for the students who are who do not have a paralegal or legal related positions or experiences would that in a way disadvantage them when applying for the programs
3: i personally want to know this question
0: (laughs)
2: Do you oh, you take the right. recruitment side? Yeah. Y- yeah. <laughs>
3: um, well I'll just I'll just say my piece, uh, which is no, there's no prerequisite into having prior legal experience, let alone like commercial law experience. Um, and part of that is like accessibility. So not all law students have the um, ability to get a paralegal role. I know they're quite hard to get. Um, and there's also a lot of value from people bringing on different experiences, non-legal work experience, unpaid work experience, um, because you will be surprised, majority of like different types of positions have great transferable skills. I'm sure it's a buzzword that you hear all the mm-hmm. time, which is like if you think retail or hospitality, you're dealing with customers all the time. At a law firm, you're dealing with clients. You're, it's a people, it's the people business, you're servicing other people, trying to understand what they want and you being able to deliver that. There's so many different industries that provide that skill. Um, stuff like working in a team, like practicing great communication skills, attention to detail. Um, so we like a good mix of people um, that don't have legal experience. Ganesh, did you have legal experience before coming um, in?
2: I had legal experience before coming here. Um, if the question is whether that helped me yeah, in this. <laughs> no, yeah. um, so what we do at HSF is quite specialised. So the law, unless you've also paid at a commercial law firm, in that specific team that you end up clerking or being a grad in, the odds of that ex- knowledge experience directly transferring is unlikely. What I think it helped me in in coming here was the professional skills of like, office culture on what to do in an office or being proactive at work. That those kind of skills that you can sort of get anywhere that isn't just law related. Yeah. Even as a grad having gone through now into my third rotation, the sort of um, knowledge I learned in say finance is very different to what I would have used in disputes versus now in real estate. So I think the law changes quite differently depending on the team you're in. And I think the skills that you use consistently is sort of the professional skills, which realistically you can get from anywhere right not just law so i don't necessarily think you need a law experience before coming to hsf to be successful as a grad or as a clerk
0: Hmm. well yeah Well, you know, you mentioned with finance, so we can tell that you probably studied a commerce degree as well. alongside (laughs) Majoring in finance. Majoring in finance. Yeah, so, you know, you've studied a Bachelor of Commerce as well. Could you tell us a bit more about how your commerce degree may have helped you with your legal career since it is a very popular combination, especially at UNSW?
2: Yeah, so I want to start off with a caveat that you don't to have done a commerce degree to work in a commercial law firm i don't think there was that sort of necessity aspect to it um but in terms of where it has helped um so i did a commerce degree with an accounting major and i think that I'm helped in... finance. <laughs> 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 not, not finance. oh sorry <laughs> um didn't mean to accidentally call you out <laughs> um so yeah i did an accounting major and in my first rotation i was in the restructuring insolvent restructuring turnaround and insolvency team mm-hmm. and a large part of the business development work we did was looking at businesses and um their cash flow and how they're operating and having a sort of accounting background and understanding of how cash flow um or how income or balance sheet balance sheet statements sort of worked helped sort of better understand better apply those skills to understand how those companies were operating so it wasn't necessarily you needed that knowledge to to the job um, as a grad lawyer, but it did definitely help in those sort of instances in having a base foundation to then build on. But having said that, I do think at HSF or most firms, they don't have the expectation that you know everything as a graduate lawyer. You do have a lot of um, front loaded training. So when I first started my first rotations finance, we had about a month of very, um, I think, each day in the first couple of weeks, and then at least once or twice a week of training on like very specific concepts and content Mm -hmm. that you'll be working in as a finance lawyer, especially because finance is such a specialized area of law. It sort of covered it A to Z sort of any sort of things that might pop up in your sort of um, rotation that you can always turn back to because they're recorded. So there is a lot of that sort of training and building up to um, have those skills that you need to have. So yeah, I think that's a roundabout way of saying it did help, but it was not (laughs) necessary.
0: Right, yes, definitely. Well, On the topic of university and just a lot of university-related questions, what is something that you have learned as a graduate solicitor now that you didn't know about at university? Not just law, but just in general, perhaps? I think the
2: big not necessarily a shock but the biggest realization you have is how different university law is to the law you do on a day-to-day basis as a solicitor place like HSF um the sort of things you would be doing the work you would be doing is quite different to what you might have done at university depending on the team you're in the law you work with is also quite different some teams are very specialized in a very one chapter of the Corporations Act, for example. So you do quite specialised work, and a lot of your work is focused on being a very commercial focused or client focused. So I think one of the biggest skills or things you've had to, like I've learned or come to appreciate, is it's not just about getting the content right. So if you're drafting advice from client, but also what clients really care about is that one word answer: of can we do what we wanted to, do or <laughs> no. can we not do what we wanted to, <laughs> or how do we go about doing something right? So. All they care about is that one sentence and making sure that's really clear and at the get-go. And then you provide your reasoning for why you came to that answer. So having that sort of client at the front of, or front of mind or focus of what you do is constantly built into everything you do as a solicitor or graduate solicitor here. And that's the sort of big difference in perspective that I think I've realised since being in university to working here.
0: Yeah. Oh, perfect. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry. Um, definitely very different from what you can learn at university, especially in law. Yeah. Everyday sure? readings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, Just law readings. Yeah. You definitely lo- don't look into whether um, the clients will actually. Can we do this? Like. like yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It's more about what your lecturer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> does my lecturer like, <laughs> <does, "Hey, laughs> my lecture give me
2: yeah. high marks? <laughs> or showing that you've done a lot of research yeah, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah, to yeah. clients really don't care but they just want the answer to their question at the end of the day Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah
1: no thank you that was very insightful (laughs) um i guess more into our students so a lot of our audiences are non-penultimate students um are there anything like is there anything that um they can participate in in terms of programs like dive-in programs or anything
3: at hsf yeah so at hsf we run um pre penultimate workshops so they generally take place in october november each year um and yeah basically when applications open students can apply they'll come in for like half a day to the HSF office they'll meet with sort of our grads and solicitors um essays and partners there'll be sort of um a session with legal ops an overview of the firm there'll be general networking and then a sneaky office tour, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. We love sneaking off that's sneaking in bit. office tours. <laughs> <laughs> um and we feed you as well. So that's Ooh, another <laughs> <laughs> Um there's there's also virtual internships on Forage. So we have virtual internships. Um I think for digital law, for finance, I think. For dispute resolution, mm. um, so yeah, and we're building on that repertoire. So it's really yeah a good yeah. experience for students to get involved with. Um, and then a question I get a lot is for paralegal work. Mm. Yeah. So how it works here is because there is like a, a gap between when you finish the clerk program to when you start as a grad. Um, we try to offer our clerks paralegal roles um, if availability lines up, and. Um, if on top of that, we have an additional need for paralegal resources, we'll then go to market and recruit. Right. So for students, just uh, keep an eye out for our careers page, mm. which recently had a revamp. So um, oh. definitely check it out. I'm sure you can, <laughs> if this is a video, like link somewhere. Oh, oh, cool. all <laughs> so um, yeah,
0: yes, all right. there's yeah. some things. Were you going to say something? You
2: know? No, I just wanted to do a shout out to um, our kitchen and client <laughs> services. The food is genuinely yes. very good. So if for no other reason, I would highly recommend coming to our um, events. <laughs> we'll sneak into the, <laughs> your office yeah. just
0: yeah. for free food. Yes. Yeah. No, um, well, in saying that you're Chelsea, do you want to sign up for the October pre- pre-ultimate? <laughs> you bet I will. I'll be the first one. In Ch- I'll be the first one. Yeah. Though.
1: Um, yeah and I guess the last question to both of you do you have any advice to give to law students or aspiring law students yeah
3: yeah advice I feel like we gave a lot of advice (laughs) (laughs) Um, advice I think while you're at uni really enjoy this time I know it doesn't feel like that when it's like StuVac week or exams (laughs) exam period but it's really such a special time for you to explore Mm -hmm. and try different subjects and different electives and really get us like the world is your oyster at this stage I think don't put too much pressure on you know oh I've studied for this long and my hex debt is (laughs) racking up and (laughs) I need to get a job (laughs) ASAP like I think really enjoy this time to explore mm-hmm. and um, enjoy being young and sort of, it's not the be all and, and like clerkships are not the be all and end all. There are mm-hmm. so many other pathways to get into either the legal industry or whatever your second degree is that you'd like to pursue. I think like you're gonna be working for years and years and years. What is the retirement age? Like 68? eight. <laughs> Don't to think about that. <laughs> like there is literally like no rush Like, yes, cost of living is going up. I keep, like, caveating because I was like, yeah, like, times are tough, but also Mm -hmm. enjoy being young. And, you know, everything is a learning experience. So, say you put yourself through the clerkship process and it is rigorous and it's, like, three months long or whatever. And if you weren't successful at the end of that, it's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all great skills that you're building on interview skills written application skills and that's just going to make you better for the next time that you apply for another role um i know some law firms they hire grads like direct from market and i think that takes place in march Mm. so yeah i'd say that is my advice i'm not going to give you any recruitment advice because (laughs) just check out our website (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah lazy like that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's that's what i would say
2: um yeah pretty much say all of what you've said um i remember when i was in like towards the end of my degree being really excited to finish my degree Mm. and now that i've started work i'd love to go back to the final (laughs) year Uh of my university degree so i would very much echo that in saying enjoy your uni experience it's one of the best periods of times you will have um and don't stress too much about i know you probably won't take this in um, if you're in your clerkship period during the applications, but I wouldn't stress too much about it because I know so many people in my um, university cohort who've gone on to do really interesting things with their law degree that wasn't necessarily a clerkship or commercial law based. Um, job. So there are a lot of different opportunities with a law degree that isn't necessarily commercial law. And even if commercial law is what you want to do, there a lot of part ways into HSF, a lot of solicitors in the team haven't gone through the clerkship or graduate process. They've been lateral hires through different firms. So there is a lot of opportunities to join a place like yeah. HSF, even if you don't do a clerkship program. So don't stress like it isn't the be all and end all like if you can get it it's a great experience if you don't get it it's still not the end of your career there's a lot of opportunities to join HSF or there's a lot of other great opportunities out there as well that isn't commercial or if commercial law is not your interest area scope so yeah no enjoy your university experience and um Yeah, don't stress too much about clerkship. Go, go
3: easy yourself. That would be hard to
1: do. (laughs) Tell me that next year. (laughs) I mean, I didn't
2: say there was no amount of hypocrisy in it because I'm sure I stressed out about it Mm -hmm. too. But with the benefit of hindsight, it isn't as much of a, it isn't as big of a deal as it seems in that moment. Mm -hmm. Just as HSC doesn't seem as big of a deal once you you start university um, in the same sense. Clerkship isn't as be all and end all once you sort of get through that process.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think it's also a very rewarding experience after what you've gone through, you reflect on things that you've either either done well um, and just
0: learn and go. Yeah, Um, Um, I always have this favorite kind of word, it's like growth mindset. (laughs) (laughs) You just have that kind (laughs) of growth growth mindset mindset. and you um, you gain that from that as well. just a quick question as well has there been um, a time where you know there has been um, graduates or um, solicitors who weren't successful in their clerkship program in their first year and were able to come back or um, be in hsf the second year yes yes we have we had actually one of one of the
3: clerks that finished the just the summer that just passed um, we went out to campus together just this past recruitment season and um, we got to talking and then I remember meeting her at the same campus as a prospective candidate two years prior, um, and she was unsuccessful that year, applied the second year, was able to build upon her resume, and sort of the feedback we provided, she took on, and she was made successful the second year, and she's not the only one, so I think yeah definitely don't despair if you were unsuccessful in your penultimate you can apply again in your final year um and it's not a mark against you because you were unsuccessful before if anything we're even more keen on your application that you were willing to apply again and we will review i guess how you improved upon your application in the year
0: learning learning from the yeah. feedback mm. right totally yeah. Yeah. well Chelsea, yeah, yeah.
3: Do you have any further questions?
0: No, I don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. That was very insightful. Um, So thank you again for your time today. And hearing your perspectives and stories has been immensely rewarding and helpful for us. And we're grateful to be able to gain a better understanding of HSF and the clerkship graduate program.
0: Yeah. So um thank you for listening to insights by UNSW law society if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any fun or interesting further episodes great
3: and also subscribe to the hsf Mm -hmm. grad (laughs) australia instagram page (laughs) which which we're pushing really hard um lots of great content and perhaps some behind the scenes snaps from this episode as well
0: maybe some tips as well that you won't be able to get oh lots of tips (laughs) all the tips all the tips